Guess who? And guess what? Footy Prime is launching a gin, and we're having a party to celebrate. Thursday, June 6th, join the whole FB crew for Footy Prime's one-night stand at Nickel Nine Distillery in Toronto. Come celebrate Footy Prime's one-ball gin with Nickel Nine Distillery mixologists on hand, Charmin's proper pies, meet and greet and photo ops with your favorite primers, and a live Atska's Almost Anything podcast. Footy Prime's one-night stand, June 6th at 7 p.m. till when we kick you out. Tickets at eventbrite.ca. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, hello, Footy Prime faithful. Back for another edition of what used to be known as the Weekend Wrap, but the show now called for the time being This Just In. Well, uh, this is just Dunlop back in the host chair. Thank you, James Sharman, for holding it down. You were never supposed to be a host on the show. You were just supposed to be our guest whenever you were available or whenever there wasn't World Championship snooker on. And uh, I give you all the credit in the world today because you've left the, what, the Darts World Series and the Leafs game outdoors at Tim Hortons Field for us. No, no, the Leaf game and uh, the snooker, the Turkish Masters, the inaugural right. Turkish Masters, Judd Trump won it, and he hit a one four seven in in the final, which is very rare. I know, and guess what, Craig? The worst part of it all is I missed the damn thing. I watched a lot of the final, but then I was going back and forth with the footy, and at some point during my uh, my footy you know, day, he hit a one four seven, and I missed it. How did he slip that in? It's not like he did it in 10 minutes. Well, probably. Way he, way he yeah, plays. Maybe. Yeah, he's quick. Yeah. You're not going to be able to sleep tonight. I know. And by the way, who's this Justin that this show is named after? This Justin. Who's Justin? I went away and you guys changed things up. Not only do we have a, a new full-time member in uh, Jimmy Brennan. Welcome in, Jimmy. How are you, buddy? Uh, thanking you. <laughs> but we've also, got, uh, we've also got a new name for this Sunday show uh, for the time being. So we'll see how long that lasts. But uh, I'm glad to be back, boys. And... Uh, we had a hell of a good weekend to talk about, didn't we, Forrest? Mm-hmm. Just in West Ham two, Aston Villa one. Yeah, that's exactly the lead in my rundown as well. Thanks for seeing the, thanks for seeing the <laughs> checklist. Start with that one. No, I won't. I won't ignore it completely. I'll give. Uh, I'll give your hammers their due there. Um, but was that just your way of dissuading me from the natural lead, which was uh, CR eight oh seven? Huh. Wait. So you're saying yeah. that Ronaldo scoring a hat trick is more important to you than Aston Villa's result? No, more important to me as a host in control of the rundown of the show, that's where it's going to go. I'm going to wait until the end. Jimmy just asked how long we're doing this. Uh, about an hour. He wants to get to the Leafs game. So I'll make sure in the 59th minute of this program, then I'll get Villa West Ham in and we can rush through it. 
Yeah, I think everybody should know that well, Forrest has his jersey on as well, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, he played for the club. He's allowed. I think and that, that, that's Cooper Green, though. <laughs> Ronaldo isn't just in, though. Just in is West Ham 2, Aston Villa 1. Ah, okay. Well, no, people aren't listening to this until Tuesday morning anyway, so we'll have to decide what... Uh... No, you're right. If you're going to lead with something, you'd have to lead with him. I mean, that was brilliant. Absolutely Just... magnificent. 807 is he sitting at now? 807. Yep. FIFA's recognized all time. Jimmy didn't score that many goals in training. I got seven. I thought Lloris could have had the first one. Hey, listen, that first goal was an absolute rocket, right? He's miles out, and I know what the keeper would be saying. Close him down. Why didn't you close him down? He struck from 30-yard yards out. If you can't save that, you're not that good. What do you say about that, Forrest? Because I know you'd be yelling at everybody. (laughs) Close him down. Close him down. (laughs) Well, that would be correct, wouldn't it? He he is – the best player that's ever played the game, arguably. Self-proclaimed. Yeah. Close them down. <laughs> you know what? The third goal was the best for me. That header, man, oh, man. At his age, the hunger, the hunger that he has to play the game still. Nothing surprises you, though, right? So, so when he goes home, when he goes home is, he, is he more excited for the fact that he got a hat trick? And is now at eight oh seven, or is he more excited? He got three points for his team. You know the answer. Be honest. Yeah, he's more excited that he's got eight oh seven, and that uh, all the doubts from last week about whether he belongs in the Premier League, whether he's good enough, whether he's the impact player that this side needs, whether he's bringing them down or set them back. You can all shut up because he just won that game single handedly. And his manager afterwards said not only was the best performance since he's been at the club, Ralph, but uh, praised Ronaldo for not just scoring the goals, but his defensive efforts. Huh? All as well. You mean he backtracked? He actually, he actually ran for his team. Well done. That, you know what? I'm, I'm corrected. He's the best player ever because he actually defended and actually ran back a couple well, of times. Well I think done, Ronnie. If, if you look at it, five goals, five goals scored. You're such an ass. Five goals scored and four goals were scored by Man United players. So they all kind of chipped in, didn't they? <laughs> yeah good point i mean from bad to worse for harry Maguire, like this season and uh, just in general right and was romero it was romero right in front of him who laughed in his face immediately turned around and laughed in his face but then uh romero was a i would say arguably at fault for letting ronaldo peel off of him there and have all that space Doherty didn't have a chance coming across mind you i don't think any bloody defender no matter how stuck to ronaldo you are if you can't jump over a five-foot man, you've got no chance of challenging Ronaldo for a header, right, Jimmy? Well, absolutely. Absolutely. He, it's unbelievable how high he gets. It's, his hops are unbelievable. I remember when we played Real Madrid with Toronto FC, and we had Marvel Wynn, who could jump like a kangaroo. And I remember there was a header that came down uh, into the box, and Ronaldo must have been a... F- Two feet over top of Marvel when, and everybody was in awe. Couldn't believe it because we thought Marvel could jump, but when this guy leaps, oh, and his timing's impeccable. It's unbelievable. What a I player! For, I people forgot. don't realize how big he is as well. Eh? Like he's a he's a big man and quick and agile and jump. Yeah, 
well, Portuguese men, we are uh, historically a small bunch. Um, so when you see him just amongst the team, he towers over them. But yeah. when you saw him with Tom Brady, were you not surprised by how small he looked in comparison to Tom Brady? Because I didn't think I don't think of Tom Brady as that big of a man, but he made Ronaldo look like a smaller average guy. Yeah. What were they talking about? Money. <laughs> Who looks better on the beach? Yeah, you're right. Because when you think of Portuguese guys, when you look at B, he's quite hairy. He's very smooth, Ronaldo, isn't he? He's like got a dolphin. B, B, B's got the, uh, the the short part of the Portuguese, the leg part. Like he's got the short, hairy part. But he's taller. He's got the English torso part. <laughs> so he's I, actually quite. He's actually what six foot tall. Yeah, but that's he's actually, right. That's where he's half and half, right? From his yeah, hips I do down. have a very short that's exactly it. I have a very short like legs and a very, very long torso. Yeah, yeah the world's <laughs> tall the world's tallest midget. Yeah. That's it. Can I can I get small pants and a large shirt, please? It's very that's <laughs> this box of Puma stuff that uh Forrest has got sitting there for me, it's all a mismatch. That's what took so long in the shipment. Yeah, the kit man wouldn't be able to do he wouldn't be able to figure you out. Just wear the shorts. It'd be a nice nice pair of pants. Hey, saying that though, for Forrest has got a huge Huge torso as well. He's very long. He's like an ironing board. His torso. <laughs> oh, I know. That's a compliment, actually. That's why I think I would have, if it was the in thing when I was playing hockey when I was younger, I would have been the the guy they stuck in net for sure. Down the butterfly, my aircraft carrier back. I'd be above the crossbar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but your legs look proportionate. You don't even have to, to do anything. Hey, Jimmy, just slide from. Sh- At least Craig's legs are proportionate to his body, though. Like with me, it's like I look like I, like I don't even need knees. I think. Yeah, it but was- at least you have chunky legs, though. So at least you look somewhat athletic. It's it's I'm quad dominant, Jimmy. It's all in the thighs. It was no, like I can see that. You got small child. shins. Yeah, <laughs> that's that joke. What do you call a man with no shins? Tony. <laughs> 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 That's amazing. Never heard that before. Uh, you know what? I never heard before. Before Dickio said it on the show, but a uh, two-two result, uh, Desmonds, yeah. and someone said it on Premier League Productions. It was one of the new guys. I forget who it was, and he'd said it, and you could see in the moment, like he had this reaction, like, "Oh, we just we just say that off the air," <laughs> and, and no one else acknowledged it. Yeah. But I'd, I'd uh, never heard that before. Dickio started using it, Desmonds for a two-two result. Yeah. We all took the over in that Man City Spurs game, huh? Footy picks? Are you oh, listening, Primers? You should be. Oh, people are making millions out there. <laughs> I wish we could be making thousands. Jeez. By the way, what do you make of the uh, the new the new ball, the Nike Flight Ball, the, the third incarnation this season? I quite liked it. Yeah, it looks good. I wondered if it was just like, is this supposed to be the winter ball, or are they going through three in a season, or what? Three in a season, yeah, apparently. And and this one, it's, it's, when when they break it down, I love when when ball manufacturers break down the science behind the ball that like we care. And apparently this one is designed to really help the player see the spin and the flight of the ball better. Is that actually a thing, former footballers, on this podcast? Does the actual graphic on the ball make a difference to, to how you perceive the ball coming towards you? Goalkeeper, let's start with you. I think every ball that I've ever played with has some sort of graphic on it, enough that you can pick up the spin of the ball. So That's important. never been an issue. Never been an issue. Maybe back Bobby Charlton days. Yeah, the old uh, leather. Yeah. Peter Lorimer, when one. he struck him, and then maybe he couldn't pick up the flight. Mind you, they're coming half the speed they are now. But this ball has a more of a traditional patch pattern, right? 
like that traditional black and white patch. It's obviously it's not black and white, but I mean in that sense, as opposed to having one giant graphic or a, a lopsided like splash design. I always find that I, I feel like those balls. Remember the South Africa ball, which yeah. was the three kind of triangle sort of plates, yeah. and that, I mean, that ball was horrendous. But yeah. I wonder, always wondered if maybe you know the the pattern on that ball played any factor for at least on the goalkeeper end. I think with just any any type of pattern always helps because you can see the way the ball oscillates. Mm. Nice word. Yeah. You. <laughs> you, you look Jesus. so proud of yourself, too. I shouldn't be using those words with you guys. Save that for the paid gigs. I tell you what, <laughs> you pulled it off, too. Danny would have tried it. You just would have fucked <laughs> it up. Okay, yeah. You could see the way the ball ob- obstinates. <laughs> it's an obstinate ball. The ball's too obstinate. No, Jimmy did brilliantly well, to quote. Danny Dickey over there. Continue, Jimmy. Uh, guys, I should have should remembered who I was talking to there. I played with some balls that I hated. Oh yeah. Like what? Which one? Like the old the old um Miter? Miters. The old miters. The little chevrons. They were heavy. The miter was wasn't that bad as far as it was because it never traveled very fast and it never knuckled. It was, and it was like a cannonball in the cold weather for out players. Didn't you find Jimmy? Couldn't ping the fucking thing. Yeah. Could ping it easy. I preferred pinging with it. And then you had balls that just flew. Remember that uh, Umbro yeah. had a ball for uh, was uh, around for a year? Hated it. It was just like a beach ball. But you could ping yeah. it a mile. A couple of great passes today. Not to totally jump off uh, United and Spurs here because there's still mm. a couple things I want to get to, but that pass from Jorginho awesome. for Havertz as Charmin holds up. Uh, that's the, the tango from the Euro this 2012. The, yeah, this is the, the Adidas one from Euro 2012. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. Was it tango? Tango, you, I think it was. Yeah. You know, with those balls, why they were bad, right? And and we talk about the old miter balls. They were a bit heavy. But when you pinged it, it was you knew exactly where it was coming, right? Because it didn't move. It didn't shift. Where the new balls no. now, when you ping them and you hit the sweet spot, they're, they're knuckling. Mm. So if you're spraying it out wide, if you're hitting a you know, 30, 40, 50-yarder cross-pitch to a teammate, that thing is moving like crazy. And it's so hard to adjust. And that's why a lot of the times when you see the balls coming and, and all of a sudden it, it touches a guy's knee and it goes out or it comes off the chest funny it's because the movement that's coming with that ball is incredible. Having never pinged a ball in my life, I wouldn't know. Well, that's because, you're, <laughs> the, the, that's because the guys you're playing with are setting you up with bad passes. <laughs> Fucking shit. <laughs> Lay the ball on right. You could ping a ball, put a little bit of backspin on it. It's not going to move. Wait, if, you, oh, if, shit. You, if you're, if you're picking a 50 yarder, she's moving. Every now and then, I would say once about every four weeks, I hit an unbelievable like cross pitch pass that the uh, receiving player is cross. never prepared for because he, yes, cross because he doesn't think that I'm going to hit it. And I always say, every now and I'm good for one of these every now and then. They never bloody get it. Of course, uh, the cameras aren't there, nor neither of you to uh, see this one. So you don't believe me, but. I, th- I think every like a clock's right. Was it twice a day? Is that what it, the saying is? So I think anyone at some point, if they play enough enough football, at some point they'll do something okay, no yeah. matter how bad they are. And that's Any why I play three times a week, Charms, just so that <laughs> in my yeah. mid thirties I can say it once, maybe. Yeah, it's like a, almost. It's like golf. You get that yeah. sweet swing, and then all of a sudden you, your next shot is a bag of shit. I nearly scored sweet shot. Nearly scored the greatest goal of my life, and uh, the last time I played with Jimmy up in uh, Aurora, there you remember that? I forget it wasn't wasn't Gabe Gala. Who was the player you had ex TFC teammate? 
Caribbean guy, and he crossed the ball in from like he was just over the halfway line, and he sends it into the box. And I was running full speed. Of course, uh, doesn't look like I'm moving fast at all, and uh, just missed it by a hair. I, I, I should have dove for it, um, but I nearly headed in what would have been the best goal of my life. He was three feet away from it, by the way. <laughs> and that, that would be a diagonal, not a, not a cross. Eyes shut. Didn't want to get his hair dirty. Oh, his hair was immaculate that day as well. It was perfect. I love that uh, the charms is making me feel like a like a American here that's never talked about football before. It's Travis Payne. Yeah, picking apart my language. Okay, well let's uh, let's talk about two uh, zero Brighton and Liverpool. If you want to move along, although uh, hold on, I, I want another take on United and Spurs here. Rash, Rashford and uh, and Sancho both started. I thought Sancho had some good moments, but Jesus, he looks like a player who's nervous. Like who's lacking confidence? There are moments there where he he just looks great, looks like a world beater, and then moments where he he looks like he not, he might not make it to the hour mark, or he might not finish the game. He looks so bloody in his own head, which is strange. To be given that you know his teammate is the greatest leader to ever play the sport, you think he would be feeling good about himself because you know the greatest player of all time would put his arm around his shoulder and say, "Listen, listen, Jaden, stick with me. I'll show you how to become world class." But it's odd, isn't it? <laughs> you know what? You- United are great at the back. They're great. They're great at the front, and everybody else at the moment, meh, meh. That's what I think. <laughs> when you see Maguire, I fall for that own goal, though. You know, how much longer does how much longer does he have? Um, well, it's funny though, right? I mean, we, we criticize the United, but when you see that starting eleven on on, on the weekend, you think, oh, man, there's some really really good players on that field. Right, and why can't they do it for ninety minutes? And they weren't great in that game. I know we'll remember it for Ronaldo in the hat trick, right? But they were outplayed for a large part of that game. And Spurs are inconsistent. We know that, and they blew it once again after coming back. But I thought Spurs are probably the better team on the day, mm-hmm. points to points, I, I guess. But it, it, this makes no sense to me because I mean, Paul Pogba at times looked really good in that game. Um, Jaden Sancho, like you said, looked really good at times. Rashford looks like a guy who's just lost everything for some for whatever reason mm-hmm. it is. Varane came back after a, a while out. He's still Raphael Varane. He, he's got, you know, how many trophies in his cabinet. They're a good team on paper, but for some reason they don't get together in jail for 90 minutes. And I don't know who, if, if, if it's even possible to, to get that team to jail together or not. We'll, we'll see whoever comes in or if it's a fire sale. I don't know. I think, you know... Going on what you, you've just said there, Charms, it's, you know, at times, and we keep saying at times with Man United, right? And to be the best in the, the top teams in the country and in Europe, it has to be all the time. All the time. And they're not consistent. And we keep talking about Man United, how big they are and massive they are. But for me, I think they're falling away from being the big monster club that we always talk about, Man United, because we keep talking about the days when they were winning Champions League, winning Premier Leagues, winning everything. You know, they, they haven't done much over the, over the last number of years to be classed still as that big club. Yeah. We hold them to a level. We do. Which is unfair because, I mean, no one in English football ha- has reached those levels on a consistent basis outside maybe Liverpool in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. No one has, right? It's very mm-hmm. rare to have that consistency at that level. Yeah. But here we are. We keep, it's, it's such a, Recent memory, I guess. I mean, Fergie leaving wasn't that. Well, I guess it's probably nine, nine, ten years now, right? Twenty thirteen, yeah, nearly twenty thirteen, right? It's almost, it's almost Jesus, ten years. Really? Isn't that crazy? 
That's wild. And they just chop after another. But then you look at Liverpool and you look at Man City, consistent week in and week out. Consistent. Well, they are now, but Liverpool for the longest time was stuck in that quagmire of just couldn't get over the hump, giving up poor goals, didn't have the right goalkeeper, didn't have the right center back. And then, bang, they nailed it. But it took them a cycle to, to get there, right? Oh, what did it ever? It took uh, the most embarrassing moment in Gerard's career and them coming mm-hmm. close. It took having someone like Suarez to kind of get them to that that level of uh, a consistent Champions League team or a team you expect to be in the Champions League. And now, you know, they've tinkered a little bit and uh, they brought in some players to help that Premier League winning side. It's not mm-hmm. totally worked with Thiago Alcantara yet. But when they brought in Luis Diaz, I thought, eh, here's a guy that could be another Origi. Now, Divock Origi must bloody hate him. <laughs> He's been fantastic, hasn't he? Just fantastic. But when you look back when they got Maguire, they thought that that was their Van Dyke. Yeah. Cost yeah. the same. They did or cost more. the same amount, right? Yeah. But Maguire was a good player. I mean, we criticize him, and he's had a really bad year. He's had good moments over the years at United. Um, maybe it's unfair to give him in the armband, but he's not as if he came from nowhere. He, he was really good at Leicester, at Hull. Right, he was making that progression up, and maybe if he goes to a different club, and maybe it's time he does. I can still see him if he went to Spurs. I can see him being a really good, useful player once again. But it's just it's the world's on his shoulders. It's got too much for him. I think at United, I would agree with that. Maybe, maybe Leicester can need him back because they keep conceding set pieces. That's what I was going to say. Is that if he does leave, I see Leicester being the best fit for him. Yeah. yeah. If you're if you're a top six club, who's going to take him right now? Would you gamble on him? Because one of them Spurs, I would. No, if Conte's not if Conte's the manager. No, you think you think Conte would would take a gamble on him? I think so. Not for not for eighty million, right? No, but get him <laughs> no. for a cut price deal. Cut price when Man United will end up paying half his wages. If you can't do it at Man United. Are you going to do it at Liverpool? Are you going to do it at City? Are you going to do it at Chelsea? Are you going to do it at Arsenal, Tottenham? Well, I, I mean, know. okay, what, what club? That's a good question, actually. What club in the Premier League um, puts most pressure on its players? It might be United, given their recent success. And I mean that in the next last 25 years. Yeah. Who, who crumble under pressure most at a club? I mean, Chelsea's at a few. <laughs> they have this year with Lukaku. Maybe it's pressure, right? I mean... But I, th- I think it probably is United expect the most from their players right now, given their their history, and that's mm-hmm. a lot on any player. We've there's been yeah. a lot of failures there as well, right? Absolutely, yeah. it's tough coming in after the golden years. I sort of slipped into Ipswich after those that kind of situation, and it's tough because the fans learn to expect it almost. They feel they're entitled to it mm-hmm. to keep winning. Who was the uh, the and- Ipswich? Um, Golden Years goalkeeper, Paul Cooper. Paul Cooper. Now, were they yeah. were they big gloves to fill? Oh yeah, hell yeah, yeah, yeah. But Roy you- Bailey would be probably Roy Bailey would be probably uh, looked upon as probably the number one ever because they got promoted to the top tier and did did what Lesser Lesser did, but not they did it the very first year they got in the top flight, nineteen sixty two. So Roy Bailey, um, the dad of uh, of uh, Bailey, playing for Manchester United. Gary Bailey, 
Yep. Oh, really? I didn't know that. They were a footballing family, but was he South African, the original Bailey? Yep. Well, actually, I don't know that. I think that's a good, very good question. Gary Bailey's older than you, though. Who? Gary Bailey. Isn't yeah, Gary Bailey is older than me. Yeah, sixties OB. There's a sixties that when he was, yeah, his dad was his dad. Okay, switch. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But I mean, were they? You say. I mean, did you feel the pressure? What was it told? You, <laughs> was it communicated to you from the fans when you first arrived there? This young kid from Canada, who who wins the number one job, did they let you know? Hey, listen, we have got some history here with some pretty good goalkeepers. Oh yeah, don't fuck up. Oh yeah, yeah. Steve McCall, I went in a few days early before the, when I was 16 and I was sitting underneath uh, um, number 16, which is a squad number for Paul Cooper. Mini. And uh, so I was just chatting with Steve McCall and he was injured. That's why he was in early for preseason and whatnot. And uh, he said, if you ever uh, play or wear that jersey as a squad number, you'll, uh, you'll have achieved something taking over from Paul Cooper. So, yeah, Cooper was a legend. So you went to UEFA Cup when it was a big deal in the FA Cup. Yeah, they had a good side, very good side. And then they were finishing first and second. No, not first. They are just finishing off the top spot a couple of years. So, yeah, they were, they were, the, they were, they were the shit. Hmm. Uh, back to Liverpool. They've been the shit since Mo Salah's been one of the best players in the world. Uh, but mm-hmm. he may not be there after this season. Uh, the news of the weekend, Fabrizio Romano tweeting that Salah's side said uh, admits that contract renewal talks have gone as far as they possibly can. Uh, rumors that he's looking for a £50,000-a-week pay bump, which isn't a lot for a team like Liverpool. Uh, for a player like that, you can certainly say that he deserves it, right? But if he wants a four-year deal, I can see the hesitation on the club's part to commit to that. But do you think this is the this is the end of Salah and Liverpool? Sharms? Nah, it's negotiations. So I think, and I know you're saying as age, you're right because he's in his late twenties. He'll be well. He's approaching thirty very quickly. The way he plays, relying on speed, we've seen. You know, you lose that first. I guess I understand the concern, but the modern athlete's just different, right? Yeah. You can give him a four-year deal. He's thirty-three when he finishes that deal. He's still all right. I think it's negotiations. I, I really do. He seems happy there. He can be a living legend at that club. He already is. Mm-hmm. You know, if he leaves for PSG. Real Madrid, Man City, you know, that is suddenly tarnished. And I think that carries a lot of weight. I don't think he'd be tarnished if he went to any of those you mentioned except City. I I think the fans would be, you know, sad to see him go, but definitely a legend for what he accomplished there. And, uh, you know, think about, I I would put him in the category of someone like Thierry Henry leaving Arsenal for Barcelona, who you thought could still do it at that level, but wasn't going to do it as they did. And you you understand why your your club, you know, made the decision to part ways, unless of course he burns you in the Champions League final. But it'd be weird to see. I just think that they've been such a great match, but all good things come to an end. And if this is the time, I guess we'll find out. If they're offering him a four year contract, and it's substantial, obviously, um, I think there's every chance. That he stays, and even if it gets to a point where Liverpool will, you know, dig their heels in and say that's this is this is it, you know, this is going to take you well into your thirties, and your resale value for us at the end of this contract is zero. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think you know, for him now, it's about the money. Really, this is going to be his last big payday. 
he's won a Champions League. He's won a Premier League. Now it's about about the cash. And if he does go, yeah, he wants the cash. But then I think there's one thing that he'd probably want to win again would be another Champions League. So if you're going to leave, you're going to go to a club that's got that a chance of winning that Champions League again. But if he's making... By the way... Um, go ahead, Craig. making $26 million as opposed to $27 million or something like that. And then long-term guarantee contract. It's not too bad. I guess not. But I no, you're right. Actually, you're right, Jimmy. It is about... It is about the money, a lot of it, for sure. It all depends on whether it's substantial or not, the difference. Yeah. I can't see it being that. I mean, we, we see stupid contracts handed out, you know, at PSG, for example, to lure the biggest names. I, I get that. But I can't see Liverpool, who may not be on the same level as PSG or, or City financially. The golf can't be that great, I don't think. If they're offering 250 a week and City's offering 300 a week, Make it up, like just make up the difference. Mm. He's worth it, I think. But I think the golf is crazier than that, right? The rumor is that Gareth, it might be Gareth yeah. Bale's on six thirty or something a week. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> I mean, to replace the thing is, you know, look into this. If they were going to lose Salah, they got to replace him, right? And that means a transfer fee, and that means only a few players of that level in the world, and, and they're not coming for twenty or thirty million, are they? They're going to come for huge fees. A Haaland, an Mbappe, for example. Mm-hmm. Right, enormous fees. So, yeah, I don't know. By the way, what do you guys make of the uh, the Sanchez assault on, on Diaz in that game and how it wasn't even a yellow card, let alone a red card? The goal was great. He showed guts, the kid, a lot of guts, but he was absolutely destroyed. Gents? Which one was that? I didn't see it. Which one? The Sanchez, the Diaz goal for Liverpool. And Sanchez came out of his box and just crushed him with a leg and an arm. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's fair. You didn't see it, did you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I just forgot about it because it was a goalkeeper, right? I know, it was a long time ago. It was. You think it was fair as a goalkeeper talking? That wasn't fair. <laughs> it was nowhere near the ball. <laughs> no. Well, he was trying to block it. He, was, he had his arm out. He was trying to block it, and he just <laughs> accidentally caught him in the head. The ball was over oh, there. Yeah. The ball was... But then if we touch a keeper, all hell breaks loose. Oh, don't touch them. And they drop and they flop. And oh, my eye, oh, my elbow. Well, You're only if they watch it. I guess and then when some... they come out and clobber us, it's, oh, get up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Funny how it works, eh, Forrest? Yeah, but no, I agree with you, Jimmy. I think they, I totally think that uh, the goalkeepers are well too well protected. I don't get it. People are challenging for the ball legitimately. Should be found fine. I don't. It's very should very, should be able to make contact. When you look at keepers, what six five six six? They're monsters. The big men. Let us challenge them. Mm. A little dig here and there. Take it. Come flop and then if we. Yeah, I, I want to hear you say that to uh, your uh, your old teammate Dave Besant. Just I want to hear you you know say it like that to Big Dave and uh, actually in his was, presence. He would smash me in a second. <laughs> we had two big keepers with Dave Besson and Mark Crosley. They were big men. Well, hopefully we'll yes. get to talk to uh, yes. one, if not both of them, at some point on an interview show. Um, hey, Jimmy, Leafs are winning, by the way, 2-1. Go on, the Leafs. Oh, there you go. When we Let's came go on, Leafs. Before this. All right. Well, if you allow me to pick up the pace and you stop talking about your old playing days, boys, then we can get through this weekend, okay? 
Um, I think there'll be, you mentioned the word fine there. I think there might be some fines handed out uh, to Chelsea and Newcastle uh, for the display of their supporters in what was a 1-0 win for completely uncertain, destroyed Chelsea at the moment. Um, Kai Havertz. Who's paying that fine? That's the, this is the thing, right? I have no, I have no idea. They, they've got to figure out how to just get to Lille for the Champions League at the weekend. Um, so much going on there. But the just the signage is what I'm referring to in the stands. If you didn't see it, a lot of Roman Empire banners, a lot of pro-Roman support that kind of teetered on anti-Ukrainian, let us have our club, who cares what's going on on the other side of the world. At least that was the, the uh, just from some of the reporters that were in the stands who just described it as being a very uncomfortable setting. And Newcastle supporters flying Saudi flags as well. Like, just the two of them in general. I feel like I'm watching an episode of Black Mirror. You know, it's uh, it just proves the sport washing works. Mm. It absolutely works. It gives spin to people that, in a positive narrative, a group of people that are going to support you. Saudis are doing it. What they got to have Formula One out there. They've had boxing events. Qatar's got the World Cup. They're all want to give a better look at themselves it's really Jacob quite, Steinberg quite wrote a great piece disgusting. in the in the Guardian today about about this match in particular and how what a dark day it is for for English football 81 executions in Saudi Arabia the last I think yesterday or the day before yeah. 81 executions in one day mm-hmm. yeah at one time Jesus you know taking on um, an oligarch with, with close connections to, uh, a, you know, essentially a warlord. And, and here we are, both sets of fans celebrating those particular owners. They chopped up journalist. Yeah. Right? Yeah, American journalist. Bone who was just covering the uh, refugees. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, if you, I mean, there were Saudi flags, right, in the one end? Yeah, in the Newcastle end. And chance that we're richer than you are, which is true right now. Is that part <laughs> is true? Yeah, but I mean, look at the. I mean, these people are tone deaf. <laughs> aren't they? Jesus Christ! Really, aren't they? Speak about being tone deaf. Yeah, I mean, sports fans in general have long kind of had the history of being tone deaf. Is <clears> it <throat> like yeah. sports? All are of us. I mean, we're all tone. We, we're all guilty of it to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. we do hear the news in Yemen and. We don't really, it's not in our faces, you know. We're not seeing that. It's the same level. All the atrocities in Africa don't see it in the same level. Mm-hmm. Sad. It's freaking sad. There's yeah, definitely it's... a racial uh, spin to it. There's no question about it. Yeah. But back to the Chelsea game. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the finish was fantastic. It was. The pass from Jorginho was great, but that touch from Havertz, he is splendid. He's a good player, isn't he? I'm not sure he should have been on the field, though. Which I I had five games on at one time, so which which play? He he left an elbow Mm. in a challenge. They fucking led with it. Clear red card, right? I thought so. It's one, you know, I'm all for the jumping with your arms, you know, but I mean, when you're jumping and you're, you're giving some with momentum. Knew where he yeah. was. What? what? What about the Shalabar tackle shirt pull oh. in the first half, which should have been a penalty, a blatant penalty, How, like blatant. I, don't know what I do not know what they're looking at again. Fuck every week, they're letting me down. Charms, far is letting me down. 
I know, I know. You've been backing it. You've been saying, listen, let's, let's give it a chance. Yeah. Jesus it's not going anywhere, and every every weekend it lets you down. I think the guy watching that, he was, he was so concerned about whether or not there was a touch in there. Who got the ball? Who was the last touch? Who was the last touch? He didn't even notice the guy actually pulling on his shirt. I don't know. How does he miss it? I, I don't get it. That's so hyper Just overthinking everything. And hypersensitive watching it, right? But yeah, Forrest was the biggest supporter of VAR for, what, the first five months of the season probably? I think in general, yeah, though, they, they did pre- had a pretty good success rate, and all of a sudden they're leaving us with a lot of questions. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's the guy. The guy actually making the decisions on it. That's a, that's the problem. That's right. It's, it's not VAR. VAR. The technology is fine. Yeah, it's not VAR. It's still it's a human that the humans are involved. Decisions. <laughs> yeah. They interpret the images, right? Yeah. And they're interpreting the images wrong. Just seems like, yeah, every weekend there's one guy in there that's the F1 director, Michael Massey, just sitting there with uh, <laughs> his his hand on the entertainment uh, button. And, and that's what we get. A, entertainment. AB, the, the new the new Netflix series it started. It's eh? out. Yeah, it dropped Friday night, I think. Last Friday season. at midnight. Have you watched yeah. it? It started it yet? I haven't Back yet. No, survive? I'm already, I'm, right now I'm binging The Defiant Ones, which is incredible about Dre, Dr. Dre. Okay, and this uh, this this uh, nerdy little white guy who's like the most important influencer in in modern music from rock to hip hop is amazing. It's an amazing documentary series. Really? So I'm binging that first, then I'm moving to F1. What's it called? The Defiant Ones Netflix. Give it a whirl. It's it's fantastic. Didn't expect that from you. Okay, I'll give that one a go. Why? Um, Why? I I think that I thought Sean should be watching the 1984 uh, World Championship snooker or something like that. Cliff Thorburn. Yeah, you threw a curveball there, Sharms. It was 83, actually, Craig. That was 83 when Thorburn won. 84 was Davis. Oh. Yeah, beat Tony Mio in the final. So he's seen that one. 1984. Jimmy White White in the final. 1984 (laughs) is the name of that second Wonder Woman film with Gal Gadot that Forrest just threw on to have some uh, entertainment in the middle of the day. Okay. Um, <laughs> talk about Ch- Chelsea's money troubles. I feel like there's a there's a line you guys push with me that do you just you just run through, or as I feel like I get close to the line and then I get afraid. You made fun of my 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 musical taste. No, I just fun. lost three minutes of my life to that shite from you guys. <laughs> hey, you're still you're still in that. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, the six oh. month, you know, honeymoon period. Yeah, the honeymoon sort of. You've been married five years. What are you talking about? Get rid of your ass in a second. Oh, with you guys. Yeah, you couldn't, (laughs) I guess. It's been a year now since you've uh, adopted me and the family and given me a reason to live. It hasn't been a year. Well, it's March. Has it really been a year? came back from Calgary last March, so maybe it's it's, uh, uh, officially a year at the end of this month, but is this month? Did not think it'd last this long. Neither did Did I. Did not think it. Did not think our numbers would have grown and our reach on social media would be where it's at. I wonder what the factors are, guys. Overall, <laughs> we've done good, isn't it? And at least we don't have the problems that Thomas Tuchel and Chelsea have to deal with at the moment. Um, I just want to end on this joke with him. Did you hear him say that he's if he's got to do it with a straight face because you know that's his style of comedy? He'll he'll uh, rent a seven seater van to drive to Lille for the Champions League tie. Um, one of the clauses here with the, the German humor, love it. Chelsea's only permitted hilarious. You know, so so much spending, right? And uh, there's caps on exactly what is considered reasonable costs. So when it comes to travel to and from fixtures. The cost that's considered reasonable, their max allowance here is twenty thousand pounds per game. So supposedly that should uh, allow them to fly to Lille and back, um, but uh, that might not be the case for every single uh, Champions League fixture as that continues. I think they literally have a cap to that. So it'd be interesting Holy to see if they go farther in the tournament how they're going to travel about. The only way they can afford that is if they uh, hire a brand which is 
play. <laughs> yeah. Get or, a good deal for it, probably. Or I think you take the start and 11, put them in economy, mm. and put the subs on the bus, meet them wherever they're Isn't going. this the CSA <laughs> method? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, the, the the economy flights that you've uh, you've taken, Jimmy, and uh, the whole Team Canada squad um, from those years. It's quite different now for for Herdman's uh, Herdman's players. It is. You know. We had we had a few few years there where we were flying for first class when we were coming back, back and forth. That well, was the nice. Confederations Cup was wasn't that nice. We were we were the, we were like kids in the candy store. Look at this! Oh, oh yeah. my god, my legs! I can stretch them out. Fresh as a was daisy. Was that because when FIFA paid for it? Did FIFA pay for that? Is it was that a yes. reason? it's a defiant yes (laughs) yes they did hey but b i I think the lille game though isn't um is prepaid for i think isn't it so that one isn't an issue was that the the ones moving forward i believe so Uh, yeah okay so twenty thousand pounds moving forward i mean what are they paying to fly around england are they paying considerably more because they're taking these short flights take the train they're they're taking a coach a bus yeah they're bus there's only a few places they'll fly to. Right. Newcastle. There's Newcastle in being one of them. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty much it. Because Manchester. Manchester. Because they're pretty close to the airport. See, we were in Ipswich was a nightmare because we were stuck out in the middle of nowhere. And the closest airport that's going to take you anywhere was like Luton or Stansted. Well, it was yeah. about an hour, 45 minutes to get there in the first place. Right. Well, if you're going to fly to Newcastle, you the bus is already on its way while we're fucking around at the airport and he beats us and picks us up at the airport in Newcastle. <laughs> it's true. Was that where you, st- was that where you stopped qualifying for the European cup? Cause it's a pen in the ass to get to. No, because they sold all the good players and brought in the shit ones like me. <laughs> <laughs> He's angry. It's a nightmare to get to. It was it like for you guys, it's like Norwich yeah. was the same, but Norwich- we flew, I mean, we had the airport in Norwich. Yes. We just wouldn't let you guys use it. No, we did fly to Norwich a couple of times, but they see it's only 40 miles Norwich from uh, Ipswich, very close. But the road there is just windy and slow and does it takes you about an hour and a half, doesn't it? Well, the, the road to victory for Jesse March was uh, windy and slow too, but uh, he's marched leads on to victory, boys. 2-1 over the Canaries. Um, bit of a thriller to see them win it like that. 90, uh, 94th minute, four minutes into stoppage time. Uh, Gelhart with a tap in from Rafinha. The place went bananas. He said that um, he'll be thinking about this on his deathbed one day. I'll avoid the obvious joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Jesse Marsh looks like Steve Kerr. I saw him in the in the little post-match booth there, which is uh, for anyone who's who's never taken a tour of a Premier League ground you uh, former Premier Leaguers, you can attest to this. It's literally is a bloody closet or like a corner of a room that you would never imagine is being broadcast worldwide where they put some of the best and most expensive footballers and managers in the world in this tiny little corner with just enough tape on the wall to uh, show the advertisers. And you'd have no idea it's as small as it actually is. Oh, you mean at all the clubs? At all the clubs there, Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Christ, you're absolutely right, yeah. Ipswich yeah. was, uh, they used the old uh, boot room Slap some stuff on the wall, advertisers. Yeah, tiny. Yeah, phone booth. There was no press room. I mean, there was no press room. There was no press conference after games. It was like basically the media against us. It's very odd. Called a car park media, car park 
like press. Um, and they would literally hang around until you came to your car and ask you questions about the game. They could write whatever they wanted. Nobody yeah. heard it. They could, nobody could back it up. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And, and even when I was over there, 16 to 17, coming from North America and seeing, I'm like, what the, like, what are you doing? Like, how do you not control this? Yeah. That's one. They get you in the car park. A lot of them do it on the pitch now too. They bring up the, uh, the sponsorship signs put on the pitch mm-hmm. and then they do it. Oh, in front yeah. Of that. yeah. Yeah. Man, the match and someone else, right. And they hand the trophy over. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, it was, it was a huge match, huge win for for Jesse Marsh because that fan base would turn on him pretty quickly. Having loved Bielsa so much, um, the fact that he's American, they would turn on him really quickly. So getting those three points against you know, the worst team in the league was massive, I think, for for him. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's got a building it obviously, and they could turn again. But I mean, that's a loss or even a draw, as it was looking for a long time in that game. And the way he would have been a draw, you know, at the death as well. Whenever that uh, is, whenever that is, it could be a long time down the road. Chances are he leaves and they won't be too big of fans of him. <laughs> just the way it is. Very few managers get fired like Bielsa and actually were adored like him. How many times do you think he's been called Ted Lasso since he's been there? Oh, a <laughs> hundred. Lost count. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're using the memes. This is the first time they're using Ted Lasso memes in a positive way with the believe sign. All believe in, uh, truly believe in, he can keep them up. The blue and yellow sign, fitting for them. I think he'll keep them up, though, to be honest. I think they're too good to go down, and I think some of the corrections they've made, even though they got ripped apart by Villa midweek, um, to be honest, I think they would have lost by more with Be- the way Bielsa was playing because they w- they're taking less risks, uh, less wild risks. I think they're still broken defensively, um, but they've got some really, really good pieces that um, I-, I do think overall, I just think there's, there's three, four teams that are worse off than them. Mm. Yeah, I think so too. It's a crazy fight at the bottom, isn't it? Jesus, yeah. crazy a, fight at the moment. Mm-hmm. It was a bad one for Norwich. They needed that. They needed that win today. They're in trouble now. I think that's them done. Six in a row for them. Yeah. That I thought uh, Dean Smith had had uh, done enough or, or been able to make the most of that side, and I just thought that they might have had enough by the skin of their teeth. It looked like, but I think this is a bit more of their true form. Um, they're done. They they're right five now. points, five points from safety, and they played twenty nine games. And yeah. look at Everton, who, who's uh, one away from the drop zone, twenty six games. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I, I think I think they're done. Yeah, they don't show enough. nine games left. Yeah, they don't show yeah. enough to no. think that they're going to stay up. But you know what? They're okay with that. You know how it runs there, Jimmy. You were there. Yeah. No, they're they're a club. It's a yo yo club. You know, yeah. they got great support. It's a great club. Mm-hmm. They're um, not gazillionaires. They're millionaires. No, they're not going to compete. You know, to, they, they'll go down for a year or two and then they'll be straight back up again. Yeah. That's what they're like, up and down. Yeah. That's their mom. a great owner. Delia Smith's a great owner, right, Jimmy? Yeah, yeah. You know, like she, she generally loves, loves the, you know, loves the, the, the club. The team, the club. She's passionate. She's not a billionaire, like Craig said, that that's the issue. Hmm. But yeah. she, there's no doubt about her, her love for that club. And, and it's not the biggest no criticizing her. It's not the biggest city in the world either. So as far as, you know, Corporate backing and things like that is not uh, is not going to be able to compete with the major cities: Birmingham, Manchester, Liverpool. Well, Liverpool's not very big either, but London. Yeah, you know, as a as a petrol head, they do look pretty cool though with Lotus on the front of their shirts. Yeah, when we they, actually when they we actually flew to Malaysia for preseason one year and went to the the Lotus factory. Mm. Cool. It was brilliant. I didn't, didn't know it was in Malaysia. Now, yeah, we were out there. 
Wow. Great Coleman's mustard from Norwich. I actually used to live in the old building where they made Coleman's mustard. They turned really? it into flats. Yeah. Did it have Did a stench to Coleman's? <laughs> Coleman's, Coleman's is awesome. Don't you love yeah. it? Coleman's? Uh, Keen's, Keen's is very similar, though, right? They're very, very similar. Both very, very spicy. Yeah. I think I'm with a Coleman. I'm a, a Coleman as well, I think. Coleman's is better. They're both very nice. Coleman's. Are we talking about Moutard? Moutard. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I made my own hot sauce last week, actually. You Just, did? I did, yeah. Way too hot. I'm surprised it's taking you this long. Is it as hot as the, the jerk pie mix that you fed us before Christmas? You couldn't. This, I mean, I like hot sauce, but I'm not a crazy hot sauce guy. This stuff, I put a drop on, on a cracker, and it blew my head off. Mm. So I, I think I overdid it. This just in. Charmin, great at pies, not at hot sauce. Jimmy, what was that stuff we used to put in uh, guys' uh, underwear? Like their tiger bomb. Yeah, <laughs> tiger bomb. And you see a tiger bomb. You used to put a little bit, just a little bit on the collar of the shirt. And you'd be just sitting there, you'd be going, fuck it, my neck's really itchy. And it's getting hot. And you couldn't figure it out. No, but put a little bit just under the armpits. Put in the boxers? Or was it that stuff made your, and then your balls would be on fire for days? Oh, yeah. Once you start sweating, it was lights out. What was that, that stuff? Tiger bomb. Really? Yeah. You can't get it on your junk and then go work out. Come on, Forrest. I guess no one's Man, pranking goalkeepers because they need you. Huh? Worse than A535? Yeah, something oh, yeah, yeah, like that kind of ridiculous. stuff. Yeah. It was ridiculously hot. Yeah. So you do this in training for what? For one of the new guys or someone who you wanted to uh Just whoever initiate? you want to piss off. and. <laughs> but never, never a game day. This was a training thing. Yeah, oh, whatever. It's always a good crack. Yeah, someone get it in a warm-up. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, uh, I wonder what's if that's what's happening at uh, at PSG. Uh, if there's any other Premier League stories, get them in now, guys. Uh, Everton not good as well. Talking about the Premier League uh, relegation race. Uh, Brentford, big result for for Brentford. Anything about those two? No, but I will say that I thought the the Yarmolenko goal. Even though you're a Villa fan, okay, we'll do it. We'll do it. I, th- that was pretty special. It was. You know, and yeah. and, and I'm. Because you're a Villa fan, I get it too. But I'm glad they held on to win because of it. Because I think it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty amazing. Actually, I didn't intentionally mean to skip over that game. By the way, if you haven't seen the goal, you should you should watch it. Um, he scores the goal, the winner, and he drops to his knees. He's crying. He's he's so emotional. Obviously Ukrainian, and his teammates rally around him. But it's one of those moments that goes far beyond what happened on the field. It's just a uh, pretty special and yeah. haunting and and awful thing to see as well. All wrapped mm-hmm. up in one. Yeah, really is a whole world of emotions, right? Um, yeah, West Ham 2, Aston Villa 1. As a Villa fan, sure, I'm disappointed. As a human being, though, uh, happy for Yarmolenko to be the one to score that winner. And, uh, well, you're half a- human. You're half hairy beast. <laughs> yes, isn't it? It's because I haven't trimmed the beard in a while. Like, uh, Yeah, so, so there's some hair maintenance involved in my beauty. But I was talking about your ass. <laughs> must be hot for you in the summer it is hot. being that hairy it is hot for me in the summer yeah i feel like you've both played with some considerably hairier individuals than me i'm on like the lower end of average when it comes to hairy males wow you got some you got some hair man (laughs) yeah yeah i can remember a few guys a few guys that were ultra hairy yeah 
We should do an all, all um, hair 11, all hairy 11 at some point, you know, the hairiest 11 players and, and be, be amazing and be like must, must listen to podcast material. Giggsy would be in there, wouldn't he? Left-sided. Oh, yeah, Giggsy's scary. one of them. Uh, Gaza. Gaza. For sure he is. Gaza? Gaza had a, a big hairy chest coming out of Did the he? top of some of those shirts, if I'm not mistaken. I'm trying mm. to think of what other hairy individuals. Know. Arda Turan? He might... Uh, might be the league leader there. Yeah. Salah. Salah's hairy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't want to Google hairy player. I just don't want to Google that because I hate to think what might come up. Eric Cantona's got a pretty hairy chest from uh, his shirtless yeah. picks, post match picks there. I don't know how many yeah. jersey swaps they were doing back then. But Mark Lawrence. Mark Lawrence and Mark Lawrence, yeah. Hairy. Yeah. I'm going from the Tash. Yeah. I assume he's hairy. They weren't, nobody was shaving it or waxing it back then. All the players now are like seals. Yeah. So Wonger wants us to do like a specialty show, like an in-between, the one that doesn't fit in between the four shows, styles of shows we've done. I think that this best of list is what we do. So last week we talked about having a Luka Modric spawned your idea of that looks least like a footballer 11. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's a few guys you can toss in there. Um, oh, yeah. I, I think our guy, ex-Liverpool, Bolton, Jay uh, looks like he's 45. Yeah, Jay Spearing will be in the squad as well. Yeah, it's quite Scott a few Carson, uh, circa 2022. Yeah, Scott Carson now certainly doesn't look like uh, looks like a club employee. Doesn't look like a he always looked like more like a a, a a rugby player to me because you had the teeth, right? Big guy. Yeah. Mo Salah looks like uh, Coco the Clown. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I Scott Carter PS- could be in Clockwork Orange. He's got that look, doesn't Scott- he? He could get the little bowler hat on and yeah. the white suits. Absolutely, he could. That's a good one. Right. I want to run through a couple quick things, guys. Continent, I mentioned PSG. Did you see them? They beat uh, Bordeaux 3-0 at home at Parc des Princes. Uh, Messi and Neymar booed every single time they touched the bloody ball. And the supporters group, the uh, Ultras, uh, Le Collectif Ultras Paris, tweeted before the match, uh, our club deserve people who serve it, not people who are served by it. Against Bordeaux on Sunday, we will show our displeasure and we will ask everyone who loves the club, who will be present, to unite with our non-violent action. And uh, I think the message was felt because when Mbappe scored the first one, they celebrated and cheered him on. And he celebrated. And when Neymar scored, uh, they, they booed the hell out of him. And he didn't celebrate so the goal at all. They're just realizing this now? <laughs> that there's players, there's mercenaries at PSG? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Had they have no won kidding. against Real Madrid, they wouldn't be doing this, would they? No, they wouldn't. because they're losing and they're pissed off. Christ, this club's been trying to buy a championship for 10 years now. Buy a Champions League, yeah. Champions League, yeah. And now now they're angry. Now they don't agree with it. Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. Give me a break. They have short memories back up a couple of decades. They were nothing. No, they were nothing. <laughs> Remember when Leon won, was it seven in a row that Leon had won? Yep. Those yeah. years... Uh, when Pochettino was there and was it um there was someone else that was a star at, at PSG and they just they couldn't hang, right? Marseille, Lyon just absolutely dominated them. Janino. That's right, Janino is a yeah, that's a great Lyon team actually. Just Hey, did you guys see that Alfonso did his first jog in a couple of months? Yeah. Yeah. Did see that. Good, the, good, for him. good Yeah, good for him. But if anybody thought there was any chance of him coming over for or playing not happening. No, not happening. Yeah. No, Nagelsmann, Nagelsmann was always going to uh, get in front of that. I thought the closer we got to, and 
yeah. he said officially that Fonzie's at least three or four weeks away from getting in his team. Uh, but as you say, good to see that he's he started training. I think Canadian uh, fans will make that video, that 20-second video, go viral this weekend. Yeah. I wonder um, if he shows up in Toronto. I mean, I, I don't think so. Not to play, but just when they clinch to be there. You got me thinking about that uh, last week, Danny, about that. From from a specialist's point of view, no, I would think not, but I'm not a heart specialist. But now he's he's starting to run, and, and if he can get himself to a position where they think he can get over there and come back in 72 hours or so. Mm-hmm. But I still think it's a long shot just because of the risks of altitude, you know, the flying part of it, and he, that being a, a, a part of it. But I'm very – Interested to see what Canada soccer or how they do it, but what uh, comes of some type of fan celebration? Um, talk about you know Canada soccer experiencing a whole new wave here of excitement and uh, planning things that they've never planned before. I think that'll be one of them. I've seen a lot of fans kind of stirred already that how come there's not something properly organized? Is it going to be on the Voyagers to get a permit from the city of Toronto and shut down? Um, you know, city hall there to be able to gather. Uh, no idea. Yeah, interesting, you know, because I mean, I love the NBA, love the Raptors there through the playoffs and that whole run, and it's magnificent. Love the sport. We had Alex McCackney, he's our friend of the show. Um, but this is bigger than that, I think, for Canada, all and in, in, in all in all. Bigger than winning an NBA title, I think so. Well, for sure, because if you look at an NBA title, it's you represent the city, represent Toronto. Okay, sure, it's Canada's team, and Mm. a lot of Canadians support the Raptors, and there's a lot of people across the country that don't support the Raptors and support other teams in the NBA. Right? It's a national team. It's Canada, and for them to get to every massive country in the world. Every kind. What is there? Two hundred and six started or part of this World Cup cycle. Two hundred six I mean, that compete in FIFA. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it should be, but the reality is, there's way more Raptors fans than there are Voyagers, for example. Right at the moment, mm-hmm. this might change. Yeah, and hopefully it will change if they continue. But you know, maybe they are planning stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little known fact that Toronto Mayor John Tory is a huge soccer fan. Um, used to be ICF in in West Ham. And, uh, yeah, he's got quite a history there back in the day, in the 70s yeah. in particular, spending his uh, – he went to college in London. And uh, on, really? his, on the weekends, he, he was a hooligan. No, I have no idea. I'm just saying it. I just hope <laughs> – I really hope it's true. Can you see John Toy being ICF? Like have an ICF in his knuckles? No. Be a Chelsea headhunter? No? You can't see it. I think everyone in politics has some dark days uh, that would surprise most people. But uh, David yeah, Cameron had sex with a pig's head. Remember that? What, the old did? English Prime Minister, David Cameron. Yeah. 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 In his college days, there was some initiation hazing ritual in his frat house. So is, it alleg- is it allegedly? It's Google it. So what was it? Just one <laughs> drunken Saturday night? Jimmy's done worse than that. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Two in the morning, come out of the nightclub. <laughs> Give me a pig head. <laughs> Unsuccessful night. Where's that pig's head? Yeah, yeah. And you're telling keep, the, you keep the lights off. Don't turn the lights on. They turn the lights on. Oh God, look what's hanging around. 
<laughs> now it's the other way around, eh, Jimmy? Now it's like, can I turn the lights off? I don't want you to see my naked body. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very, I'm swollen. <laughs> I tell you, the, uh, every MLS supporter, Canadian MLS supporter, was hoping for a rabbit's foot or some good luck animal charm for their clubs. Your segues um, are great today, by the way, B. This, I don't have many skills, guys, but this is one of them. It's flowing. My, my Man, segue. This show is flowing. Uh, he's uh, good. Well, let's that. tie up. Let's tie up with that. Uh, Montreal got destroyed. Uh, they lost four one to to New York City. Um, see Sebastian Breza, um, the goalkeeper, Montreal goalkeeper, Forrest made five saves. Could have been a lot worse, but four one, they're in some real trouble. Mm. Um, but I think people would might say that about TFC as well. Obviously, a young side. Great to see seven Canadians in that starting starting eleven. Jimmy, I know we spoke before about these young CPL guys, McNaughton and Caden Chung, yep. both getting their first MLS starts. Exceptional to see. Um, crushing to see Jaquil Marshall Ruddy come off twelve minutes injured. Uh, he looked absolutely gutted. Can understand it. It's good to see that they're, they're giving these young guys a chance. And sure, listen, it's a it's a huge step up for McNaughton and Chung. Right mm-hmm. now, playing you're playing at a completely different level than what you were last year in the CPL. Standards night and day. So. It's good to see that they held their own. They did okay. They did okay. Um, and it's just going to take them take them time to settle in, get used to the pace, and um, and obviously the travel as well. Um, and when the season gets going, a lot of people don't realize how hard MLS is. You know, when you're you're heading down into Houston and you know you're you're, you're playing in humidity, and then you're in Salt Lake, and all of a sudden now you're in altitude, and you know you're going to some hot places, cold places, and the, the travel an awful lot and it gets to you so it'll take these guys a little bit of time to to adjust and get used to and, and hopefully it doesn't take them too long but i thought they did all right the other day and obviously the more canadians we can get playing the, the better it is but at the end of the day bob's got to pick the the players that are going to get him results um whether the canadians are foreigners so i wish they would put the highlights on the zone of the canadian teams but they do not it's because it's on delay you'll get you can get to watch the full match i think it's three days later they'll give you the full match up there yeah. I think it's great that they're playing Canadians, but I wonder if it's a strategy or it's more like, man, it's all we have right now because they keep talking about new players coming in and clearly the team needs reinforcements. We know it's coming on July 1st. Maybe Crescido's coming soon as well at some point. Who knows? Yeah. But I think they're doing it just out of desperation. We've got to put 11 players in the field right now. We're just beginning. And I think Bob Bradley is asking a hell of a lot of these kids. Mm. Fullbacks with little experience. You're playing three at the back. On Saturday, two guys from the CPL and the other guy, Michael Bradley, is not a defender. I mean, no. that's, he's asking a lot, and it's too soon to criticize. But if the results keep going badly, at some point, you could ask Bob Bradley, "Okay, what are you doing here exactly?" I mean, this is this is tough. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to learn on the job once the season's kicked off, right? And these kids are learning these systems and, and getting these minutes in these unfamiliar positions. Yeah. I think for every new manager, Jimmy, you could certainly attest to this, that those first 10 matches are a real benchmark. And with this team, you know, the build is towards July. Put yourself in a good situation for July when you're a complete unit. Yeah. And uh, these, you know, the the performances like that, albeit a, quite a good one. If that was a shorter match, I think that they, you know, they hung in it pretty well for the better part of an hour, right? Yeah. But, um, but I think that Bob Bradley will, will certainly be feeling the pressure if they don't... Uh, if they don't start to find some wins here in the, the first 10. Yeah, look, you'd think it's it's a process. You know how what, what that squad was like over the last couple of years. It wasn't wasn't great. Um, and he's got to make sure that he, he gets the right players that he wants in. Obviously, we're waiting on a couple to come in now. Um, and the players that are going to be coming in are game changers. Those are the guys that need half a yard, and all of a sudden they've just won you the game 1-0. 
Um, but these f- first number of games is also an opportunity for him to have a look at players to see who, who can play at this level, who can handle it. And preseason is always a little bit difficult because, you, you know, you're getting a certain amount of minutes. You're not getting full 90 a lot of the players. You have your core that you're going, okay, these are the guys that we're mm-hmm. going to run with. But can the other guys around that core, can can they handle the pace? Are they going to, are they going to get me results throughout the season? Um, so you'll see him using a number of players early doors, and you probably won't see a lot of those players towards the end of the season once, once he starts getting the players that he wants in. But then he'll mm-hmm. get a general idea, okay, these are the guys that we're going to keep, and these are the ones that we're going to end up moving on. And you described before about how it's so unique in MLS that really the start of the season is kind of an extended preseason, right? Um, as they, they find their groove and are constantly adding pieces. I think Jesus Jimenez has been a, a breath of fresh air. Um, certainly a player that can finish. Um, got that first goal early for TFC, but yeah. wasn't meant to be for them in, in Columbus. So yeah. the, the Trillium Cup, it's uh, well, how does, so how's it work? They get Columbus three times now? God, there's four, 40 teams in MLS. I can't remember how, how this scheduling works they still got three three games against columbus to decide that trillium cup i don't know how many games they play that was just a couple yeah i don't know if they got three do they have do they have them three three times you well it used it used to be three and that's how they made it that's how they made it fair because if it was just if it was just the two then well go differential there was no tiebreaker i thought that had i i can't keep up with the i tell you what though there's you know there's a couple of those the mls teams their atmospheres are fantastic Seattle, Great. oh, brilliant. Portland, Jesus, fantastic. I saw a video of the LAFC fans that were pinned in the corner like this sliver of uh, of the south end there in Miami. It was raining. It was horrible. And there wasn't a Miami fan in that entire section. It was just 300, 500 traveling LA fans that they had pinned up there, and they were having a great old time. It could have been yeah. you know, from a real football hotbed. Not – Miami, if you didn't uh, didn't recognize the pink and white and black seats, one of the one of the uh, I, the games that I was watching was Philadelphia, and there's a disaster of a place they put that stadium, and just the worst place you could possibly put it when it, it's a commitment going to games, and the place was empty. It was like empty. Yeah. You could read Union on the seats on the cross the other way, and it's yeah. like it's a tragedy, really, because yeah. I think the short sighted uh, teams like Chicago when they built theirs out in the uh, just a terrible area outside of Chicago. Industrial land, right? Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Same thing. That's a, And it's a shame because that Philly ground, it's a nice little stadium. It's a nice stadium. But oh, yeah. as you're coming out of the city and driving to where the stadium is, it's, it's miles outside. But then you pass, you know, where the where the Sixers play, where the Flyers play, where the Eagles play. And it's like a huge, big <laughs> sports area. And you think if the stadium could have been popped right there, it would have been dynamite because you're close to the downtown philly and but where it is in forces right it was like a, a old rundown area got the land cheap and they built this beautiful stadium but it's still it's, yeah. it takes a while to get out there you it's guys have been to seattle you know that whole area there with the baseball stadium and the football stadium you it used to be skid row yeah it was skid row yeah and then he the bars and everything there everything it's a, it's a really great spot yeah, yeah. But they've changed it. They've they've spent a lot of money to clean that spot up. Because when that the Seahawks Stadium first went up there, and when I guess the Sounders started, it was not a safe place to to get around, or you had to strategically get get there. But that's the case with a lot of spots in the states. Um, mm-hmm. I can see from the look of Charmin's body language, it's a real shame that I'm hosting and we've gone over an hour mark here. Because what are they in the third period of your beloved hockey game yet? No, they're just starting. 
that just about to start. The None of this period? matters. None of this matters until the playoffs mm-hmm. start. Where's that? When is that? Every game matters, Greg. Uh, every game. No, it doesn't. Leafs need to win. It's the, it's the chase for 60 for, for Austin, right? Toronto Maple Leafs. What was their record last year? They were amazing. Yeah, we were. Yeah, but they played with the Canadian teams who were terrible. That's why. Have you always been a big hockey head, Jimmy? Or is this just a living in Vaughn thing? Yeah, I grew up playing hockey. Well, so did I. I grew up in okay. Played soccer, soccer in the summer, hockey in the winter. So did I, but it doesn't matter until the playoffs. They haven't won for 54 years. Yeah, but you have this real, like, you know, tolerate hate relationship with the sport of hockey, whereas Jimmy strikes me as like every other, you know, warm blooded male in Vaughn region. Fucking loves this team. Doesn't matter what they do. Die Hard Leaf. Die Hard, Die hard Leaf fan. Um, white guys. One of the my favorite things that Sharms used to do, we'd end the show with bits and bobs, and I saw this. Uh, I saw this Tom Brady bit, so I, I feel like Sharms, you should bring this back. Whether you do it Wednesday, yeah, I should do it. Eh? We, we, we do it here. Uh, so for listeners, Jimmy, this is uh, basically just something that's not football related. That's uh, that you saw that you like. Maybe it's something you've been watching. Uh, Jimmy uh, Sharms' bit about watching the Dr. Dre documentary would have been perfect for it. Um, but I saw that Tom Brady's last touchdown ball. It was a pass to Mike Evans in that playoff loss to the Rams, I think. Uh, sold for $518,000. So what's the most a piece of your merchandise, Jimmy or Craig, uh, was fetched for, do you think? Or did they tell you? Or an item that you remember just being shocked that uh, someone paid so much for? A dollar fifty for my uh, top deck card. I think I'm on a buck seventy-five. I might beat me. I might be beating you. Really? Yeah. I'm gonna have to look. <laughs> I'm gonna have to have a look. <laughs> it's all supply and demand. There's just too many of them. <laughs> There's loads of them. That's you get one for a dollar and ten cents. I got so many on my desk right here too. I'll sell it to you. <laughs> I'm sure there's I'm sure there's someone that's uh has got a shirt of yours signed shirt at some charity auction that they've uh, hopefully supported a great cause for, but spent quite a bit of money for on you two guys. But there's just yeah. some insane money yeah. when I see see that. Like, what are you doing? If you can spend crazy. half a million on a yacht or a large boat, does, was a yacht qualified as a million? I don't even know now. But a giant-ass boat for $518,000, I think, would be better money spent than a Tom Brady touchdown ball. I got and a it, score mic flash. There you go. How much you pay for that? Look at that. Stole this. I've you got two. It's got, it's, got be, it's got to be worth a buck. More than that. I bet, you, I bet you if you put that online, I bet you get 20 bucks for that. You reckon, eh? Score What about the signed, the signed um, Dickie O first goal picture? I paid $75 for that. What's the best thing you yeah. ever stole? Did you? What's that? What's the best thing you ever stole? Uh, my wife's heart. Oh, good God. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, that's really Wait, good. Is she sitting beside you? No, she's not. She'll you know, never, but, ever listen to this either. <laughs> yeah, he's going to play it back, though. He'll just slip yeah. it on. The hey, darling, listen, wait, wait, listen. Crack open a bottle of wine, hoping to get yeah, some. And she'll you say, I gave it back years ago. Yeah. All right, I think that's basically everything. There's literally nothing more in the football world or outside of it we can get to, boys. Put a bow in it, and we'll uh, we'll get back together. We got an interview set for, for this week that I can tee up? No, we'll figure that out. Okay, so <laughs> footy prime almost daily. You know where to find us on, on the Twitter. Please, for God's sakes, follow and interact with us, uh, footy underscore prime. And like and subscribe, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, for uh, Charmin, Jimmy, Gregor, I'm Dunlop. Cheers for listening. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.